Welcome to our Dermavigil's podcast series, The Business of Skin. Today, we're here to talk about oncology aesthetics, and that's an accredited specialist modality that enables skin treatment therapists to offer modified skin treatments that address manifestations that can result from cancer treatments. And this commonly can be things like burning, redness, a super, super dry skin, pigmentation and scarring, just to name a few. These treatments, though, uh, can offer tremendous relief, both physiologically and physically, for cancer patients. So I can't wait to introduce to you our Business of Skin guest today, Susan Watts. She's so highly skilled and passionate and qualified, and we welcome Sue here today to share with you the what, the why, and the how behind Oncology Aesthetics. Now, Oncology Training International's Australian educator Susan Watts was raised and educated in London actually, but after working in the London currency markets, she moved to a small town in America to recover from her own cancer treatment. So having been on her own oncology journey, Sue decided to dedicate the second half of her working life to her passion of skin health and wellness, quickly moving into the field of oncology aesthetics to help those in need. Susan divides her time with working between healthy clients and health-challenged clients that look to seek comfort from chemotherapy, radiation and autoimmune disorders. I'm happy to say that she relocated to Australia in 2015 and lives here in Sydney. She's written a number of credible publications and has worked with the American Cancer Society, Hospital Infusion Services, the Make-A-Wish Foundation and numerous not-for-profit organisations in the US and she continues volunteering on a number of charitable boards and committees here in Sydney. So welcome Susan. Thank you, it's so good to be here. We've been talking about this for ages so it's so good that we've finally stopped to the world for about an hour. So firstly, Sue, what actually is oncology aesthetics and how does it assist in the treatment for a cancer survivor and someone who's undergoing a cancer treatment? Yeah, I think um, whether you are somebody that is actively going through treatment or if you're newly diagnosed or even in remission and and having survived, um, I think that there are so many ways that an oncology aesthetician can be part of the the nurturing on your journey and whether that is knowing how to address a specific side effect that you might be going through or just understanding your drug program through the education um, and being able to work alongside your medical team Um, and I think that's the most important thing to understand that we work in conjunction with your professionals Mm. Um, and we are not um, a separate group. We we are part of the puzzle and the, the ultimate patient journey and we're all doing what we can. So I would say in a nutshell, whilst we are therapists, beauty therapists, massage therapists or skin specialists, we know how cancer affects the skin and we also know how to modify what we do for the safety of patients. Outstanding. So, um, so as we've said, 
oncology aesthetics really does involve um, some skills and some modifications that is designed to provide skin treatment therapists with the knowledge of how to change skincare or spa treatments that ensures a safe outcome for everyone. Um, how do cancer survivors identify this and feel comfortable that it is actually safe for them? Well, Every time one of our therapists globally around the world passes their um, exams with us and passes um, Morag's course, um, and there are various courses from a day to four or five days. So once you are an accredited oncology esthetician, you go into a global directory. Mm-hmm. So wherever you are in the world, somebody can find you and they will know that you have done the necessary amount of study to understand the patient's journey. Oh, great. And what's that directory called? Is there a On the OTI website, yeah. And I think maybe what we could do is put that web link somewhere on the Dermavigil's site yeah yeah absolutely because i'm sure that will be that will be well looked up (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so our therapists in italy are on there the ones in the u.s the ones in the uk and obviously the people here in australia Australia and new zealand studied Mm. with us yeah great but how do you actually encourage a cancer survivor to visit a beauty salon because there's so much going on in their world um so, you know, how, how do we make it sort of an, a known service to a cancer survivor when they're undergoing an active treatment in their recovery? I think that there's so many ways that you can do this. I think that so many of the therapists that I've worked with, and especially when I was practicing over um, in the US, at, at my so I um, was located in two different um, areas. Half of my week was spent in chemotherapy infusion, actually in the hospital setting. And the other half of the time was spent in my own professional treatment rooms. Um, now, within my my work, I spoke to the local um, magazines and local newspaper publications. I also approached the local TV station because I think that the media always wants to get hold of a feel-good story. I think, you know, we've all lived through the last six months of fear and worry and what are we going to do about our jobs and our businesses and our companies? And I think if you can give the media a really good news story that they can then share in the local environment, number one, it's it's lifting people. It's also educating people. People are watching the TV news that maybe have a parent or a friend or an auntie or an uncle or a child that's going through this and seeing just a small 60 second clip will alert them to the fact that there is someone in their community who is equipped to help you. So I think whether that is a newspaper publication, um, I had, um, I went out and I created relationships with hospital support staff, um, whether that's the the local nurses association, whether that's a local doctors group, um, GPs, anyone that you could educate as to what we do, how we help and give them an avenue where they can send their patients, clients to see us just to have that initial discussion to find out how we might be able to help. Mm, really interesting. Um, I know from uh, from personal perspective, Sue, and, and from your own journey as well, uh, when p- 
people are undergoing a, a, a cancer diagnosis, often they'll look to sharpen up a number of things in their lives, like their food and their what they're what they're putting in their bodies and and on their skin. So from from a perspective, I, I know I'll often get asked. Um, you know, is, is dermavigils organic or, you know, I'm looking for something organic. I'm changing my, my diet and, and my nutrition. Um, what's your sort of take on, on, on that for cancer patients in, in particular? I have always said to not only my patients, I think it's very, very important to address the patient's carer or mm-hmm. the patient's families mm-hmm. if you can. And I was very fortunate to, I think you can do that in two ways because patients would, and I'm, I use the word patient because at the time that's what they were in our chemotherapy center. So a patient would come in and they would often be accompanied by their husband or wife or daughter or parent. Um, and every one of the people that is with an oncology um, patient on their journey wants to do everything that they can to help them. So my approach is always two-pronged. Whilst I am addressing, I'm physically addressing that particular concern for that particular person on the day that I see them, because somebody could present with something today that when I see them in two weeks' time could be something radically different. Mm. But let's just look at what they're coming in with today. Whilst I can put certain lotions, you know, creams, onto a patient to assist with their skin. And I want to make sure that what I'm putting on is scientifically, you know, tested and proven to be something that is going to assist in helping the skin to mend um, and not something that is going to antagonize it. So nothing that is loaded with chemicals or with a product that potentially may, you know, down the line be exposed as being toxic Mm, the skin's such an incredible organ isn't it absolutely it's our protector so it's really important to keep it healthy as healthy as we can for anyone who's got a compromised or a health challenged skin it's not specific is it to to cancer treatments itself it just so happens to be a little bit more prevalent for, for cancer patients but and kind of back in the day when this, you know, oncology aesthetics was new and it was a brand new modality, you're going back to the time of HIV, where again, people were very heavily compromised in their skin. So it's not, you're, you're absolutely right, Rekha, it's not just oncology. It could be diabetes, it could be autoimmune disease, it could be a number of things. And my approach is always two-pronged. Yes, it's what goes topically onto the surface of your skin. But you will say, you know, we want you to do your part with what you put into your body. So that is, you know, an alkaline diet, nothing acidic, something that you're going to eat, which we believe has a healing effect, like good greens, like, you know, we, we trust that people are going to try as much as they can to stay away from sugar You know, Mm. an overload of sugar, an overload of salt. If you can work with us by making sure what you put into your body is as good as it can possibly be, then we can do our bit by making sure that what we put onto your body is as good as it can possibly be. And I think I'm kind of, you know, whoever's listening to this will understand that I do tend to talk quite a lot. (laughs) And that's the idea. (laughs) I could ask you as well from your side 
what do you believe is in the derma product that is really beneficial for people who are compromised? Well, I think the whole foundation of derma vigils is to offer a physiological product. So that doesn't necessarily mean organic because in skincare, it's not quite the same formula to qualify as organic as it is for food. They're, they're much less strict. And, and let's face it, some organic ingredients in skincare might actually not be so good for the skin. So it's not just a free-for-all sort of anything organic to try and, and capture. But what I love about what I do and, and, and about the Dermavigils uh, group as such is that it's based on a physiological um, concept. So there's nothing that the skin doesn't recognize and nothing that the skin um, is foreign to the skin. So very calming, protecting and regenerating. So there's there's obviously so everyone's different, everyone's skin is different and we offer a bespoke um, sort of tailored approach. But what you just said there is exactly right. You know, it's mm. calming, it's nurturing, it's it's giving something back, it's nourishing. And everything that the product is designed to do is what we're also encouraging people to do with their food. Mm. Have something that is going to nourish you. Mm, Have absolutely. You know, it, it's really a two-pronged attack. If you can put the right things in, we can put the right things on. Yeah. And we can adapt everything we've learned, whether that is a facial, whether that's a massage, whether that's a nail treatment, whatever mm. it is, we can adapt that for safety around the cancer patient i mean on my way here today and we haven't discussed this but i'm going to say now but on my way here today i went for my um weekly lymphatic drainage treatment oh lucky you i've been meaning to book mine (laughs) (laughs) you do yours (laughs) and we actually do go to the same incredibly intuitive lymphatic drainage Mm. practitioner um but again you know that whole wellness she's there and she is touching us and manipulating our bodies in a way that is trying to bring us optimal wellness and that's what you're trying to do with your product and that's what I'm trying to do with my hands and my knowledge when I see somebody who is compromised in a certain way yeah absolutely and I think as well and we've touched on it a a little bit in our chat so far but there's so much that um, people who are health compromised when they visit a a spa or a skin clinic um, that uh, they can actually benefit um, not only by improving to their skin um, and trying to minimize some of the side effects but it's that mental and emotional level um, that we can actually cater something specifically and tailored for them that can do, do you think that really makes a difference to someone on a cancer journey Sue? It's a huge difference I think like we all know we've all been through you know especially when we get to a certain age you've been through your own emotional traumas which is just life You know, people are going through emotional traumas now with their businesses Mm. through no fault of their own. Beyond control. Completely beyond your control. So we know how that mentally affects people. And if you are mentally overrun by constantly thinking and trying to solve a problem, physically, you're not sleeping well. You're probably not eating when you should. You're grabbing stuff on the go. You're overloaded. Your schedule is chaotic. Because in one way or another, you're just struggling to survive. And that's the same when you get any diagnosis of any um, disease or illness that is going to be quite chronic to your system. 
So in this instance, we're talking about, you know, the oncology journey. And I think if you can do something to quieten somebody's mind, we know that they are then much more open to receiving their treatment. So whether they're much more open to receiving a massage, whether they're much more open and calm and ready to receive their chemotherapy for a week. And I actually spoke to my cousin um, last night in the UK, and I'm sure she won't mind me um, sharing that she's just had her diagnosis. And for the last two weeks, when she's gone to receive her chemo, she hasn't been her body hasn't been ready to receive it. Her blood count was too low, so they have delayed it. And whilst I have spoken to her how beneficial that is for her to have delayed her treatment until her body is ready to receive it, to her mentally that was a setback. And it's not only what what we do in putting our hands on somebody and helping them as we can by modifying our treatments, but also by being able to talk to them um, from their perspective and being able to hopefully do something to calm them mm-hmm. and put them in a place where they are more reassured and they are more ready to Just relax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just can't relax through mm-hmm. this. True. And do you think someone like your cousin, Sue, may be a bit worried that perhaps a massage might be interfering with the process? Or how? how um, what's your take on... on that train of thought. And I think, I mean, that's exactly it, you know, and I actually, we spoke about this this morning when I was at lymphatic drainage and I mentioned that I was coming here today to speak to you. And she said, you know, we have to dispel the myths that have been out there for generations, which, you know, we don't know where those myths were founded, mm. but I think it's our duty as professionals to undo that you know, the, the wrong thinking that has been associated with treatments for so many years. And the only way we can undo that is to educate people with the the right, you know, the, the current methods, the current beliefs that we have, which are founded on actual scientific studies. And I know with Oncology International, we have, you know, our own study, which was conducted by a a number of medical professionals over in Italy um, and it kind of translates to health in the mirror so what you see you know a lot of this is psychological Mm. and if you know right now you and I are sitting here and we look well we've got color in our cheeks our hair is gorgeous (laughs) (laughs) you know our skin looks well we've got good energy the sun's shining but if we, you know, were to look in the mirror and all of us, you know, I go and shave off my hair, I look deathly white, I lose, you know, maybe 10 or 12 kilos, whilst I'm still the same person, what is staring back at me isn't somebody that looks healthy. Mm, and definitely. I think there are so many myths around you can't do massage because massage is believed to spread the cancer. We know that that isn't true. Scientifically, we know that isn't true. But that has been a myth that has been out there for a long time. And somehow, either by, um, you know, the industry publications that we're all so fortunate to have access to, our journalists, our educators, 
you know, we can we can help Start to, to make a shift in mindset. Absolutely. Mm. And I think as well, a, a, a spa and clin- skin clinic, I should say, as, as well as offering services that can actually reduce inflammation or burn or potential for scarring, um, it's, it's just such a relaxing place often for, for the mind. And I think we live in such a stressful life. Um, and if it's taken something like COVID for a lot of people to actually sit back and enjoy stopping and being in one place, even though sometimes it might be for a bit too long, I, th- I think there's, there's a lot to be said for the move, for that whole slow movement. That's exactly it. And I think as well, a lot of people have said to me over the years, you know, look, I am doing what I can to help. I'm taking Mrs. Smith to oncology um, treatments I'm taking her to chemo I'm taking her to radiation the next door neighbor is collecting the kids somebody else is walking the dog somebody else is delivering the meals you know we've got this covered but you know other people are asking what we can do and I've said why don't you buy them a spa certificate you know go on to uh, our website where you can see in the local area who is accredited Speak to that person and ask them what could you know what do you believe you could do for Mrs. Smith who may be going through mm. melanoma, she may be going through breast cancer, she may be going through cervical cancer or or liver treatment. Or Mr. Or, Smith. Or Mr. Smith, exactly. Mm. Yeah. And you know, we see so many men, and I've got so many beautiful stories of men that came into treatment and after they were introduced to their medical treatment. I would go over and I would, you know, quietly sit with them and talk to them about how they were feeling. And I'd say to them, you know, here's, you know, today, what I'd really love to do is while you're undergoing your treatment, I'd like to give you a really good, you know, a nice gentle scalp massage or, and they'd kind of look at you very horrified (laughs) that a woman was going to touch their scalp and their wife would be standing behind and nodding going, yes, he will definitely have that. And the the guys, they weren't used, especially older men, weren't used to that hands-on nurturing because they were the cavemen they were the providers in the family mm. they fixed the cars they did the gardening they went out and earned the money and they weren't used to that gentle touch and we know that so much of sorry i'm touching raker as i say this <laughs> feels good so <laughs> so much of healing and nurturing is physical touch and maybe a man With good old hands yeah maybe mm. a man is a widow and he's used to living alone and he doesn't have that that touch. And it, we know that by doing that, it puts somebody just into a, a much calmer state of relaxation. If we can put them there, they're much more open really to, receive to receive any treatment at all. Yeah. And let me tell you, that man that was like, oh, no, no, I don't need it. He had six, one after the other. Mm, I bet. <laughs> Once they know a good thing. <laughs> Definitely. So so you've probably been in this position yourself as a, a beauty salon owner, um, looking at your business. And, and I think particularly sort of a, a lot of um, skin estheticians or spa owners do evaluate their business and, and look at how they can ethically contribute to improving the quality of life for people that are undergoing cancer treatments. So 
Um, I mean, having specifically trained oncology aesthetic professionals can really prove to a great way to be building up the business and contribute at the same time to the local community, can't it? But what does it actually involve training-wise for a skin treatment therapist to become qualified in this area? Um, with Morag's um, program, and for those of you that haven't met Morag Karim, um, Morag is um, our founder and she created Oncology Aesthetics. She's incredible. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she's um, she's wonderful. And as we speak, she's um, up on um, her farm in Saskatchewan in northern Canada, um, training people to work on um, equine therapy, which again, you know, is a way for people to, um, patients, clients to be able to um, associate with animals and to be able to gain that calm and that sense of therapy and community through working alongside and being alongside animals. I think there's a frequency there, isn't there, that we pick up on it can have an overwhelming sense of yeah. relaxation. It's just say. so it's powerful. important. So whether you get that by being around dogs or cats or horses or whatever it is, you know, if you identify with that, then go and do it, you know, take someone and you see it so often in handicapped children when they're allowed to, to touch a horse, you know, mm, their faces light up. It's just amazing. Um, and we're no different as adults. Um, and so as far as community goes, I think that, Again, if a therapist and in I've gone into um, beauty schools before now just to talk to them about this and to maybe open the younger people's eyes, people, young people at TAFE who think that they want to be a beauty therapist or a hair therapist um, and they hear about this. And I've had a number of girls come up to me afterwards and say, I had no idea that this was there, but my mum died from this. Mm. And listening to what you do, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? And it, it is. And so you we give them details of the oncology training um international program, which they can do online. Um Morag is here alongside um me and we're done visuals at least once a year. And I know that we're working on that for I think January or February next year, if we're all allowed to travel. Mm. Um, well, I think the, at the moment as well, there's a a, a a big push on the virtual side of the education, isn't there? So on, on the website, you can sign up for a, yeah. a program, and a lot of the theory can can be can be learnt um, via yeah. lectures. And I think that's one of the good things as well, you know, with the the virtual um, conferences virtual education and I know that you have the symposium coming up we do fairly soon <laughs> but the fact that now across all of the global time zones we can all attend whether we are attending um you know behind everybody else whether we're playing catch up and we're going online and doing it in the evening once we've put the kids to bed you know, once we've got home from the office or whether we're actually lucky enough to be able to join in that person's time zone. Like this evening, I've got um, a webinar at 7 p.m. our time because it's a 10 o'clock London morning call. But mm. that's what the virtual world is doing for us. And with oncology training, we have that too. So 
I would encourage people if they want to understand more about our education and our training to go on and have a look and see, is this something that you would love to be able to offer in your salon to the people in your local community? I think with the numbers at the moment, you know, being one in three people globally are going to be diagnosed with a cancer at some point. If we're in the community as therapists, we're going to know somebody or somebody is going to come in to see us who knows somebody that is going through that. So I think for me, I being um, a cancer survivor and somebody that had been on the cancer journey myself, I wanted to be able to pay my knowledge forward. And so for me, that was going back and that was retraining so that then I had the gift of education and knowledge to give to other people that were going on their journey. Um, and I just had so many people approach me and say, but this is happening to my auntie and my neighbor. And you know, what could we do for them? And what? So you end up almost becoming a community resource. Um, Indeed. And people will come in and even if it's not them they'll come and talk to you about somebody else mm, and you know that that's it those those statistics are quite staggering and particularly for us in Australia because of course you know in I guess particular reference to our climate but in Australia and New Zealand we are amongst the highest globally who um of uh, people who are diagnosed with melanoma um you know, skin cancer checks are just so important and we see mole mapping coming into our clinics and um, we regularly recommend people, you know, go for skin cancer checks. Um, can the health of our skin in general um, be a precursor for skin cancers? I think that it's really important and I think this comes back to us as practitioners, you know, in the salon, I think that skin health, I mean, this is your organ, right? Mm, biggest it's the same one. as liver health, yep. same as kidney health. You know, I have, I've got a compromised liver, which means that I'm always trying to eat foods that will boost my liver function. Mm, so those leafy same, greens. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. There you go. Um, but it's the same with skin, you know. Are you going to put something into your body or on your body which is going to be detrimental to your skin? Mm. Why would you do that? Mm. So us as practitioners have got to be able to educate people and whether we do that through, you know, writing articles for people, whether we do webinars, whether we do podcasts, whether we get out there and hold evenings where our, you know, clients can come in and bring a friend and they, they listen to us for a few minutes. Um, it's all about education. If we can make people's bodies, their skin, their organs, as well as they can possibly be, that has to be a way that we are going to keep any kind of illness at bay. Mm. We, you know, we've, we're doing our part and we know that genetically, if we are predisposed to something, sometimes there's nothing that we can do or not a lot we can do about that if you're genetically predisposed on my family on my maternal side we have um an in a clear history of people that are talking one minute and are not talking the next minute because they are instantly they instantly die of heart failure on my father's side exactly the same thing but with brain hemorrhage brain aneurysm mm. and so 
I can make myself as well as possible. But if ultimately, genetically, some I am predisposed to something I can do nothing about, that's, that's you know, in the lap of the gods. However, can I make my skin as healthy as it can possibly be? Absolutely. Mm. Well, Sue, you are such a wealth of knowledge and such an inspiration for so many people. Um, we thank you so much for your time today. It's thank been you. really wonderful talking with you. Um, how do, just recap on how we actually find Oncology Aesthetics. Is it OTI? Um, yes, the website, it, the Oncology Training International um, website. If you go into whatever browser um, you use, whoever your provider is, if you type Oncology Training International into there, or also Google Morag Curran, that's M O R A G Curran, C U R R I N for November. Um, and Morag really is the global authority on what we do. Total guru. A complete guru. Um, but yes, Morag's teachings, her articles, her books are out there and you will be able to find the Global Oncology Training Program through Googling Web. And I think that Dermavituals will put it onto your website. Absolutely. We've already got some specialist pages dedicated to how to prepare and what to expect skin-wise from your treatments. Wonderful. um, So thank you so much for coming in today. My pleasure. And what I'll do as well, I'll actually give you um, my details to put up too because if anyone wants to phone um, and just have a conversation, you're more than welcome. I'm always happy to speak to people that want to help, um, certainly our oncology patients, but anyone in general. You're very generous. Thanks, Susan. Thank you.